Welcome to my so-called opera life, a podcast for opera singers by opera singers, where we work to connect, inform, empower, and inspire musicians at all levels and stages of their career. Each episode, we'll explore a piece of the never-ending puzzle of the so-called opera life, humble brags and therapeutic complaints, as well as practical information about how this business works. Each piece helping you on your journey towards success, which we believe should really mean happiness. I'm Marcel. And I'm Elise. And we're two sopranos trying to live our best so-called opera lives. Hey everyone, Marcel here, and welcome to episode two of season two. Last week, we talked with conductor Anthony Bereze, who is the artistic director of Opera Southwest and the music director of Opera Delaware. Anthony has a really great perspective as a coach, conductor, and artistic director who works with young artists a lot. He gives us some really valuable insight on how the audition process works from the other side of the table and how you can make yourself stand out both in the application process and in the audition room. I've been fortunate enough to work with Tony a number of times in the past few years and have been really looking forward to having him on the podcast. We love talking with him and we hope you enjoy the episode. Sure. Who you are. My background is uh, entirely musically, and, you know, education-wise, is in, almost entirely in music composition. I I never really studied conducting. I just kind of fell into it, and so I got my undergraduate degree and my graduate degree in conducting, and I got a fellowship to study in Italy after afterwards. And I had grown up with opera simply because my dad is a big opera fan. And um, in high school, I started when I started really getting into classical music. I, I for whatever reason, grad gravitated towards opera because of, you know, it being an Italian and, and, and coming from an Italian family. And so, um, but, and I, and I, in conducting, I always conducted my own music because conductors find themselves usually being the only advocates out there for their own music. So I, I had to learn the basics of conducting just to kind of get people to do my own music. And then, so, so I had a lot of knowledge of opera and I had some rudimentary skills in conducting. And then when I was in Italy, I, there was a small opera company starting um, and they were looking for young people to to basically conduct their first operas, and that's how I fell into it. It just cool. kind of just kind of happened. Yeah, I just was there, right place, right time. Did you live in Italy, or did you? I did. I did. I lived in Milan for about a, all told about a year and a half. Yeah, that's awesome. And now you are um, the conductor with um, Southwest Opera Southwest. Yeah, I'm the music director. I mean, the, the artistic director there, and I'm the music director at uh, uh, Opera Delaware. So, how have things been affected? Um, those two companies so far? Um, well, in Opera Southwest, we were in the middle of a traviata. And when we got the, the decree from the state that all, all gatherings over 100 people, you know, were banned. So then we had to like, we had to let everyone go home. And we paid everyone, I think they were there for like 43% of the time. So we paid everyone 43% of the gig. And we just, we moved it to our October slot. And now we're just crossing our fingers that, that we can continue there in October right. doing it with um, minimal rehearsal because everyone is pretty much available. Yeah. And and as Marcel knows, uh, Opera, Opera Delaware just flat out canceled everything. And, and yeah. there, there are a number of contingency plans going on about what the fall is going to look like or what, what even mm. next year is going to look like. So I, so much of this, you know, so many opera companies right now are just running around we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to, and it's like, you know what? You guys have no idea what you're going to do. Like we don't, nobody knows what you're going to do, but there's this need to like plan, you know, when it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> like we, we might be doing shows in 
October we might be doing shows. Some some companies might not survive this at all. You know, like we we, we just have no idea. Right. I mean, the end game of this obviously is a vaccine, and once we have a vaccine, then then we can safely do opera again. But yes. you know, I was reading about some chorus, and I didn't even remember where it was, and they were um they were you know like this is in the early stages of this when they Washington they State. Were, was it Washington State where they're practicing yeah. social distancing and we're six feet apart and everything and like everybody in the chorus got it because when you're singing you're you're spewing out you know droplets and it's this room <laughs> and so what? everyone just gets infected. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's insane. Oh, that's not like, funny, but like that's no, but it's but yeah. I mean, that that I means social opera is even like I was at a Sarasota opera when this got when the season got shut down. We kept like wondering when are we going to get shut down? When are we going to get shut down? And the last two weeks of the season got shut down, but it is some sort of a small miracle knowing what we know now that. Not no one in the orchestra or the court, nobody got it and the company got infected. Yeah, right. It probably helped that you had all been there for a number of weeks. Yeah, but you know, people, some, you know, we had a, about a week off between shows at one point, and some people went back to New right. York, some people went other places. It's just, it's kind of weird. It is, yeah, it does help that we were all in our little little bubble, but it is just dumb luck that it didn't spread. Right, Definitely. right. But Sarasota right. was really one of the great companies that, you know, I had two performances left and they paid everybody wow. out for the rest of it. There's a couple of companies that have done that. I know that Des Moines promised the full fee, I think, to everybody. Uh, and they right. had to cancel. So the St. Louis, I believe, did it too. I mean, although St. Louis right. received the biggest gift in opera history. I think they got like a $45 million gift a couple months ago uh, from a donor. Um, or, or it was... It was uh, it was like left to send them in their will. So they had $45 million. We could do in operas, although you could do no operas for 45 years and, and still pay everybody <laughs> full fee, you know, and it, 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 it's, it's so much money. Yeah. I yeah. Know. So much money. We just had an interview with um, Zach Finkelstein, who he started Middle Class Artist Blog, and we were talking about how these, which companies, he's been doing a lot of reporting on which companies are paying artists to. And I think there's like a hundred, there's like 187 of them that have, that have come through and paid their artists. Um, and this is like a mix of companies who had to cancel some, had to cancel outright, had to cancel. Right. Right. And, and it, I mean, includes choruses and symphonies and. Oh, yeah. oh, wow. Great. That's, that's great. Yeah. But what stuck out to me the most was he was talking about how, you know, in contracts, this like force majeure, like laws yep. and how yep. until we get a vaccine, this will always kind of say we're able to go resume our theaters, resume our mm -hmm. shows, resume life again. And then it comes months, back. And then it comes back and we you have this. Zero. Yeah, yeah. And like, especially he was basically saying like, I hate to say it, but people will look at their tickets. If it's still like, oh, you will consider, consider doing it. And they like in these little gray areas where a company can sort of look at their sales and look at what they still need to pay and sort of make a decision that's based not only yeah, on, on coronavirus, but on this, you know, other factors. Yeah. And like, how can singers protect themselves against that? We Sorry, go ahead, Marcia. No, I was just gonna say, we have to start like uh, contracting for uh, cancellation fees. I think that's like, we just have to bargain for that. I, I, you know, the cancellation fee is a really interesting, um, I know there's a lot of debate about that and there was a lot of debate uh, in the singer groups on Facebook and people saying, you know, singers should get paid, you know, so there's a, there's a number of plans anywhere from like where singers should, should get paid X amount upfront 
um, and then you get paid the rest of your fee. And so like, that's one solution. Right. I, I would say from my end of the um, of this of the table, w this is the first time we've ever had to cancel anything and pay anyone. But I will say, almost every single gig I've ever done, somebody has canceled on us, and sometimes like a day before the rehearsal, you know, we start. So. I would say that if we're going to start looking at cancellation things, we kind of need to kind of well go both ways. But, oh, but for the sure. other thing is like how so how would you as an opera company, if someone pulled out of a show, you know, two days before we start rehearsing because you know for reasons, and and sometimes someone pulled out for like very sometimes people pulled out for extremely legit reasons like I can't you know I I, I hurt myself I can't do it. And that in that point we go okay what are you gonna do yeah. uh, sometimes people pull out and many times people pull out because they get a better gig you know and sometimes it doesn't matter right. that it's two days before so so say say it's in a, a contract clause that like we get and we are always out money because no matter what we've paid for their plane ticket right and we, we always eat that cost so like how do you do you make them pay for their plane ticket do you make them give back the money that you've given them and how do you enforce that then you become the jerks it's, right. it is it is it, unfortunately it's a much more complex issue because oh, for sure. really for us this is this was the first time we've ever had to cancel and but every single show i've done someone has pulled out yeah. and and most of the time when people pull out it's because they got a better gig you know and at that you, at that point it's like yeah what do you think that i mean you you're not a company is not you know i mean extremely small like Compared we're, to, to, we're, we're yeah we're finally i think in the sea level like we finally yeah, broke the, like, the, the million dollar budget yeah and you're paying you're paying so I, what yeah, do paying. you just attribute what do you attribute like that i just i can't believe that that's so common i guess is what i'm trying to say it's unfortunately a lot of it is agents you know mm. and it's it's this it's the paucity of work out there and then you go you know nobody has any security so that's part of it so you know they got a gig with us to do, most of the time people come to our we, we can get kind of most level singers for whatever because we, we don't pay the worst you know and and people enjoy being there but we get like a higher level i want to say a higher level uh singer but we get like a a higher bracket of paid singers like people who normally wouldn't come to our company will come a lot of times to do a role they haven't done or to do a, a weird role or an interesting role something off the beaten path um and then at that point that's kind of what we lose sometimes because you know then they're used to doing like covering something at the met and they go well do i want to cover at the met a, a role i'm going to do like a lot or do i want to do one time this role i'll probably never do again you know, and so I think that's the calculus of that. And then they, and they have an agent telling them, you know, we got to do this because the agent wants the huge fat permission. Um, yeah, right, right. But a lot of it has to do with, with job security. Like they, it, you know, if you get a, I've we've lost so many people to big, big houses and they just cover for the rest of their careers, you know, and they never really sing anymore. And mm. I, I, it's hard because they're getting a lot of money to cover. But at the end, do you want to cover, or do you want to be comfortable or do you want to do you want to sing? Yeah, actually, someone was just telling me about that. And it's a it's a very hard. I mean, it's easy for me to to judge that, but I don't have children. I don't have a, right. an apartment. Right. I need to pay in New York. I don't. You know, I don't. It's the the calculation is is got to be difficult. Yeah. I mean, it, right. it, it in the moment it does really piss us off when someone pulls out of a gig. <laughs> yeah. It's but in the end, you know, that it, it's their life. They have to they have yeah. to make their own decisions. And but yeah, but cancellation fees are very interesting. It's because it, yeah. at first I was like, yeah, singers should be paid. And I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> what about opera company? Like, <laughs> right. We're, all, we're, right. we're always out. We're right. always out of plane ticket. All we've never recouped the plane ticket. You know, and I know that's right. Not a well, lot you of guys money. are you guys are one of the outliers in that you pay for people's plane tickets. Um, well, generous. Who doesn't play for? I don't. I mean, I don't smaller think... companies than 
then you guys like they don't oh. they don't pay for plane tickets when i've done symphony gigs out of state like they don't do any kind of travel reimbursement it's just like what? you get here and then we pay you to sing wow there's no travel well, I, think, I think opera considering you're gonna be there for a minute you know i've never at least in america i've never i've never paid for a plane ticket or my lodging and it, but then the lodging is everything from we're gonna put you in a dorm over like 10 other people or or you're most of the time it's a homestay and then in some cases, like, you know, when I was in St. Louis, they put me up in like the nicest hotel in the city <laughs> and gave me a rental car and my, and I was in a suite that had a piano. So it was like, you know, I, I know I was like, this, this, That's this, amazing. Is, this, is, this is like a quarter of my budget right here. Like, I can't believe how much money. And this is before they got the $45 million. Right. So that was like by far. The, the so if you're used to that, then going back to a homestay, people are like, oh, I don't want to do a homestay. You know? I know. Yeah. But it's like, it's all, it's all we have. Like, you know, we, we, we don't spend money on uh, putting people up, but we, but all, you know, it, it happens almost every gig. We'll get a singer who hasn't been here and their agent will be like, you know, they really want to stay in a hotel and I say, well, that's nice, you know, then put them up in a hotel because we're not going to do it. No, you can't, you don't, can't afford it. I do want to talk really, really briefly about, because you, you had said, how does it affect our company? Right now, the, the number one way it's affecting our company is that our apprentice program is, it's not necessarily in limbo because we're still planning on going on with it. And it's actually not until way late next year, like in April. So hopefully by then we'll have, you know, this will be gone and we'll have some vaccine or something. But the biggest problem is our auditions. Like we were supposed to have auditions in, we always have auditions in Delaware and Chicago where I live and then in Albuquerque. And we were just, we're just receiving, we were receiving so many applications. And at this point, we just have to figure out when we can hold them. So that's the number, that's the, the, the most immediate thing. Like we, we're going to hold them, but when are we going to hold them? And we right. have to let everyone know. We let everyone know that like, we don't know yet. <laughs> so like, right, not, right. you know, no one's buying plane tickets or anything. So I'm still right. reviewing the applications. That's the number one thing. The number, one, number two thing is that everything got a little screwed up because originally they were supposed to, the apprentice contract was you come and you cover roles in flute and you do some small, small roles in flute. And you, what we do every other year is we do a fully produced opera for just the apprentices. So two years ago was the first time we did this. And this, this is really my favorite thing I think we've ever done at Opera Southwest. It's, my, it's been my dream to make the apprentice program not just, you know, slave labor, not just chorus and not just, you know, bodies covering roles. Like, obviously, there's going to be some of that. But I, I said, like, we've got to give a reason for people to come here. And the best reason for anyone to come to an opera, uh, to an apprentice program, is to, to let them sing in an opera with orchestra, with costumes, with staging, with, you know, the whole nine yards. And since we've done a lot of Rossini in the past, uh, and Rossini wrote five one-act operas that were kind of designed for this. I mean, he wrote them for a theater in Venice that their qualifications were, they had to be a one act. They had to have like no more, I think, than six roles. They had to have no chorus. And so, and, and they were for people who were just starting out their composition career. And so Rossini wrote his very hmm. first operas for this, this theater and had you know, the springboard for his success. So I thought it would be really great if, if this could be a springboard for people to do uh, an opera, maybe not their first opera, but maybe their first opera with, or I insist that it's got to be with orchestra. We cannot be with piano and it can't be a concert thing. It's got to be a fully staged mm -hmm. opera. So we're doing the second uh, of his one act and it was gonna be in conjunction with, they would cover and sing small roles in Magic Flute and then they would do all the roles in Lingando Felice. And the only thing we know for sure right now is that they're going to do Lingando Felice. We don't know, and we had to move our October opera over into the April slot, and that's Paleos and Medizon. So maybe the apprentices will cover roles in Paleos, and then 
singing in Lingana Valencia. Maybe they'll just come and do Lingana Valencia. We, we have no idea. Right. Mm. But we're going ahead with, with it because, again, it is so late in the game. It's, it's like right. mid-April, even yeah. later than that. So and, and right. the nice thing is uh, New Mexico has not been hit hard at all. I, I mean, unfortunately, it's gotten really hit hard on the reservations. Mm. And that's where you're seeing the most really sad stories going on. But on the whole, New Mexico is not population dense. And Albuquerque, I think, has 17 deaths total. And, like, we have 80 a day in Chicago. I mean, it's not even – I mean, there's so much wide open space in New Mexico. It's just people are not piled on top of right. each other. Interesting. Right. right. Well, we'll be That's amazing, though. I, Your initiative with the Young Artist Program, I wish more really, people did I, what I mean, you guys did. That is such an important thing. Like, I cannot – and I've told the board, like, we can't, you know, we've started this and we can't not, we can't go back on this. We've got to keep going. We can't do it every year yet. I mean, we have apprentices every year, but we can't do a fully staged opera every year yet. But when we started the apprentice program, I said, look, obviously we need covers and we need like better, just quality of singers services for small roles. And we need we, we all, all kinds of things. But we have got the goal to, of this has got to be an opera because the, the places I was in when I was an apprentice artist that really helped me the most. I have to say we're places like Opera North in New Hampshire where back in the day, two of the, uh, th there was one performance of each of the main stage operas that was just the cover cast and it was like a matinee performance. And there was an opera that, and they still do this, an opera that was designed just for the apprentices. And I, and that's my, my first conducting jobs in America. I conducted Popea there, um, I conducted an act of Alcina there. And then in Sarasota for a number of years and really until not that long ago, there was one performance for for kids, and it was in it, but it was just it was the main covers that did it, and I was the assistant. So for, for me, it was Tosca, and they just like he got no rehearsal. You just they threw me in the pit, and and I did it at Tosca, you know. And and even in Dallas, where I was an assistant conductor, there was they had uh, school shows of of some of their main stage shows, and so that and the covers would do those. And, and so all of that is in value. Even though it's one performance, you know, you learn a million things in one performance, you know? Yeah. So you guys don't charge opera fees at-, at No, um, that, that was, that was just... absolutely a huge, huge part of this because, you know, like I, I didn't even know because I didn't, you know, I would never, I, I was like an apprentice in a couple different companies, but you know, as a conductor, you don't really do a lot of these things. But I had no idea. If it weren't for my wife, who was singing a lot of the time, I had I had no idea how criminally high some. I mean, these these and it's it's not small companies that are charging big fees. I mean, I think some small companies are, but the idea it's just unconscionable how much money some of these got to be like I think a hundred dollars or something or close to that. Yeah. And then you put yeah, your plane fees. You put your competition. I mean, so like I said, okay, look, we cannot charge fees. That's absurd. Because what, what, I mean, with the overhead, I'm listening to like I'm listening to YouTube videos. Like you know, like I'm. It's, it's right, not, right. Like what? What is like? You're gonna gonna charge them a portion of my internet like fee or my internet service? Like what? What am I possibly charging people for? So I said, no fees. We have to have it in like a couple locations because people. I, we can't pay people to come because that's. I don't think anybody does that. That would just be insane. We can't pay people to come, but we can do it in 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 enough different places where people could maybe drive, maybe get there. So like we thought, okay, Wilmington is exactly two hours from New York and it's two hours from DC. Uh, a lot of people live in Chicago. I live in Chicago, so it's easy to kind of do it here. You can great public transportation. And then for the people on the West Coast, Albuquerque is, it, is it's not close to LA, but it's also not really, really far. 
So we, we tried to, to cast a wide net. And then the last piece of the puzzle, and last year was the first time we were able to do this and we were very excited about it, is that we provided the piano player in all three locations. And that and that's the cost that we had to eat, which is, but at the same time, it's like, we know that you have to put in money for travel and we know you have to like prepare roles and we know that you have to maybe sometimes stay overnight in a hotel. So like a pianist is, it's expensive, but it's not that expensive. So we could, and it would be easy if we just had someone there in each of the locations and if you want to bring people some people really want to bring their own pianist and that's fine but we had someone like on a retainer that we pay you from this time to this time and no matter how many people show up you get paid and pianists love that kind of work because it's guaranteed you know other before that was a hodgepodge of like you know how it is you go to you go to nola or something in in new york and it's like it's like drug deals (laughs) like you're in the bathroom you're like okay i'll pay you this and it's it's just It's crazy, you know? It's so crazy. It's absurd. And then they'll have the five minutes and then they'll get, they'll leave the room and then they'll be coming with the next one. And it's like, why are we? Yeah. And the pianist will break in money. I mean, you know, they'll make no money for like, you know, months and then they'll make like seven grand in a day. Should have been a pianist. Right. Right. Well, although they are are under an enormous amount of, with, with this situation, singers can contact the pianist and say like hey I have this this aria which is a little bit off the beaten path you know can you take a look at it but in NOLA it's it's like the wild west you know it's like you have no idea if this person knows where middle C is you know yeah. I've heard some right. some of the worst worst auditions in my you know pianists who can't play caro nome you know like it's just crazy stuff yeah. in in New York um yeah. but uh yeah so 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 we have that the last piece of in of the puzzle in place where where you know no no fees and we we pay we provide a piano player yeah i listened a little bit to your interview on opera box score talking about a little bit about those application (laughs) fees which is a while ago now but remember it reminded me of when that uh petition petition came out which i think we yeah we did uh two episodes on Uh about that a little bit and about how we thought yeah basically on and i agree with you know it's like it was disheartening. It's really is because there are so many singers out there. I mean, I mean, a, a soprano signing it is like a death warrant. Like, I just don't even like. Do I you can't think? even. Yeah, I do. I absolutely. Do. Yeah. I I do. I think if, if you want to change the way this is, me, I, I, and I said this on Apple Box, but if you want to change the way this works, you every base. Yeah, in, I heard that. <laughs> every base in America signs this. That would bring. That would. That would bring opera companies to their knees. That would absolutely. <laughs> there is just no question. You know, we have to all these damn early Rossini operas, even late Rossini operas, they have two two bases. And, you know, try and find, like, a young base. I mean, we have, you know, I think we're at 100 applications right now, and I think we have four bases that mm-hmm. have applied. And 75 sopranos, I'll bet. I mean, more, far <laughs> more than, you know, and, and, and I always yeah. say the biggest problem with opera is it's a supply and demand. It, it's like, so you have, you, we have, yeah, maybe like 80% of our applicants are sopranos. And that's probably how it is out there. And you look at an opera like Tosca, which is not abnormal. You have like eight roles and one is a woman. Mm-hmm. And and you have and, and so how many times have you all showed up at a gig where you know the guy barely has looked at it, you know, <laughs> like and the soprano is mm-hmm. completely prepared, off book, could do it like in her sleep. And we're all mm-hmm. sort of like a, a cost benefit analysis, like do we fire this asshole or do we or do we, yeah, we sort of teach, do try and teach yeah. him the role or whatever? You know, like, yep. I've definitely yep. been in companies where they literally taught him the role and we were all just like, are we pretending like this is like, right. well, right. you, pre- <laughs> you know, you have to pretend that, and, 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 and the funny, not the funny, the, the really tragic thing is that this doesn't go, this, this problem doesn't go away at bigger companies. It only gets more expensive. 
you know, like yeah, right, I'm sure, right. people arrive at the Met all the time, not knowing their role, you know, and then, and, and then you have various administrators trying to, you know, basically enable their, <laughs> their terrible problem yeah. by, you know, getting them more coachings or whatever, you know, it, it's sometimes right. people do get fired, for yeah. but right. the, the amount of times in, in opera that people get fired for the right reasons is, is um, it's pretty low. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and then the inequity of just like, even, you know, maybe they come with the role prepared, but then like, vocally they're just not up to it you know like the standards yeah, i feel tough. for female singers are so high oh my god god forbid you you're at a, a quarter tone flat on a high note in an audition yeah. and you won't get the job and then tenors and can some, crack and, all over the place well and some of the problem too is that i think with the, i saw this a lot when i was sort of working for when i was covering for bigger companies that you know these places hire out five years in advance you know and they'll get mm -hmm. to a, a situation where you know, have a singer who like just cannot deliver the goods anymore, and they could they have not been able to for three years, but they hired them five years ago. You know, and so that at that point, it's 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 a big payout, or it's just like we kind of hold our noses and go. But uh, they, you know, I, I don't know. I think for smaller companies these days, I, mean, I know I'm going to regret saying this, but I think that there is not uh, there's not a lot of excuses for for not hiring. I mean, there, there's so many good singers out there that I, I, I would be, I'm hearing actually a lot of good singing at smaller level companies simply because there's so many people out there. There's not many excuses for hiring bad singing anymore because there's mm -hmm. so many people out there. Right. It, it, except with the exception of like, maybe like I said, bases, you know, because they're not, there's not a lot of, yeah. you know. Hey guys, we are so happy to have the Sparkle Twins as our sponsor for this season of My So-Called Opera Life. If you're looking for a mouth mask these days, like so many of us are, so you can leave your house to stock up on coffee and wine like me, support these artists in the process by ordering one of their mouth masks made especially with singers and performers in mind. To order yours, visit www.sopranotwins.com shop. One of the thoughts that we had, and maybe you could provide some insight um, in terms of the application process. Now, you guys don't charge yes. a fee, so it's a little bit different. Yeah. We, in one of our episodes, talked about some of the ways, because like asking singers to not apply for things is is like a very high like ask, and it's especially for some voice. But you know, it's, it's, it's really not like- You it, don't it, think so? It, 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 I mean, so so for sopranos, absolutely. For, for mezzos, yes. For tenors, less so. But, but I mean, bases god if you could like phone it you can get work you know like it's not even like there's just there's so many roles out there uh, and, and there's so many people need bases that i really believe that a bases as a whole well, we're gonna start the we're gonna start the movement here <laughs> i mean go, go for it like go for it so i forget the petition was something like we will not apply to companies that that charge fees is, well, that, is that like the basic it, it really no. didn't say much except for just like we want to be heard and, and like we like we just these aren't right. Yeah, it was like calling on Agma and Opera in America to like do something oh, about it, but luck. neither of them are institutions that can even do anything about that. I mean, I think they would have been better, yeah. better served. I don't served, even know like, who started the application um, thing. And I think in a way it seemed as though it was just commotion around it and hopefully spark some initiative in singers to think but, about it. But it's a, it's a matter, like, it. like if you want it to happen, I guarantee you, if you get every base to really hold this, that will work. Yeah. Uh, every soprano will just find themselves out of work. That's just it's just the it's just the reality. Right. I mean, and, and companies are just won't will not listen unless it's it comes to like low male singing. It, 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 I really think I mean it would be it would make coronavirus look like nothing. Like opera companies would would come to a halt 
Well, one of the things that we or were everybody saying... Everybody would do, be doing like Swarangelica. Like this, <laughs> Swarangelica, like the, everyone. And, and, and little They're women, already doing like... Swarangelica all the time. <laughs> but one of the things we were saying is that um, singers don't have, don't get a lot of feedback and not just in terms of their singing, but in terms of guidance on where to apply and what to look for in the right programming. Mm -hmm. and, and depending on your level well, of ability, there are, there are things and you can do your research, but at the same time, like it, it can be a little bit, okay, let me just blank and apply depending on how much money you have that year. And yeah, the, God. And, oh. and like, I've talked to some coaches or some artistic directors who that say like, well, yeah, this, you know, we've had singers apply like eight times and we've never heard them. And it's like, wow. <laughs> you know? And they pay wow. each time. And these sing singers. Oh, that's, see, that's the other thing. Cause like, I know that I mean, we have one role for a soprano and we're hearing like a billion sopranos. And I, I mean, I'm thinking like, okay, how many sopranos do I really need to hear? Like, you know, I, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I can't hear all of them, and I, and and it's it's the category I have to whittle down the most. So I'm gonna make people pay for like that. It's insane, you know. Sure. But but being on this end of it, I want to at least be a little bit charitable to companies and say, I don't think any company means to be a total dick about it and just and say we're gonna charge a dick. You know, no. everybody, the secret for for the general public, the the the, the dirty little secret about oper about apprentice programs is that they are designed to give free labor. Or, or close to free labor to opera companies, and and they started as a way to kind of enhance choruses because it's hard to get like a you know a huge sounding local chorus. I mean, some of the best choruses in opera are you know the Santa Fe Opera Chorus, which is you know something like twenty four of the best singers in the United States, or Sarasota, like where it's just it's all you know where the chorus is all the apprentices. You have young, healthy, hungry, loud, excited singers, you know, uh, and they are better than than many of the big house courses so so that's why apprentice programs start period you know and then th then there's a secondary reason where you need you know you need covers so i think those that those are the reasons these these things start and so i think singers need to ask themselves what do you want to get out of a an apprentice program like so there are apprentice programs you go to like if you go to santa fe you're not going to get i mean you, there, there are some small exceptions but you're not going to get a lot of singing time right you're, i mean you're going to get a lot of time in chorus but you're not with the exception of some small roles like some people get small roles and things and some people kind of cover things but they don't have like a i mean they, i think they might have had a cover run but it's not it's certainly not with orchestra it's certainly it's not like a it's not costumed i don't think you, the reason you go to santa fe is because at the end of the season they have this day where every every you know agent and person that runs a company in, in the country comes to hear auditions they and and you get one aria <laughs> and you get one shot and hear it singing for a ton of people so it's the exposure like that's really and the cachet of like having been at santa fe but you don't really go there to learn your craft like you do not go there to you know to, to know what it's like to sing with a, an orchestra a solo role or you know what, what what have you you don't go there to learn how to translate an italian opera libretto. you don't you know there's a number of things you don't go there for right but other companies you know you would go there for other reasons and i think you have to figure out like do i want to why do I want to go? Do I want to go because I want to learn this role? I mean, I, it's astonishing mm -hmm. how, I, how a lot of times I don't think singers think at all about no, how, because, you know, I, I think I'm pretty clear about what my company stands for, right? Like I, I've been loud and been a jackass on a number of forums about like what we do. We do a lot of Rossini, we do a lot of obscure opera. So I can't tell you the amount, amount of number of sopranos who have applied to this 
program, you know, and we say what this is, you know, we'd said it was Magic Flute and, and Gunna Felice and sopranos who, who are singing like, you know, late Verdi stuff and not, and, and no Rossini and it's, it, and then a bunch of English opera. And I'm like, well, I, I mean, you have a nice voice, but I, I, it, it's not right for this. Right. You know, like, do you even know what we're doing or are you just seeing the, you the, the, the application? Like I, I, I can, I can kind of one hand the amount of people who have auditioned with with very specific repertoire and the other thing is like we use apprentices a lot for the obscure op operas and every season we do at least one opera that is off the beaten path and sometimes quite off the beaten path and so i, I don't expect a singer to you know find an aria from bonacini's alibaba but you know they could it's it is this music is available like and especially with imsl like you can you can find some of these things and well, I, I'm pretty I, for the, for the Bodicini you even provided an excerpt for us to learn <laughs> exactly exactly that's the other thing we have provided an ex excerpt for people to learn how many bases do you think learned that zero like, like it's, it's, it's <laughs> but, then, but then again you know, I was at I was at Sarasota Opera for like three months and I put on the bulletin board the call for our, for these auditions and singers are so much in their own world I mean I got maybe I think five singers from there to apply for. I think I think many. First of all, many of them didn't even know about it for like the last minute, and it was up there for like months. Yeah. And like you guys, mm -hmm. you guys want to work, and like you know, you could come to my company and you could sing a role. I mean, we're getting a lot of stuff now, but I at this point, it is still astonishing that I have to kind of tell people like you know, but we you, do you a whole do. opera for you. You do, and people. You do. So many singers don't know this. I swear. Yeah. Because we go to these training programs and we talk about how to sing. That's all we talk about. No, and it's important. That's a that's an important piece of the puzzle. It's very important. Yeah. It's what we went to school for. It's but like you know all what? we went I to school for. Most of the people that that, that audition for me at this point, and, and, and with about hundred applications, most of you, I could probably pick at random six people to do it, and they would be fine. You know, mm -hmm. so I have to just whittle it down to. Yeah. I mean, like almost every single soprano is completely qualified to do yeah. this, no, right? No, no, yeah. You know, like it's it's true. I mean, with the exception, I mean, and, and then there's some people who are super qualified, but they're not qualified for this, like the people who are, uh, so, so I have to, I have to really start whittling it down and like, and you have to stand out. So what stands out? What stands out to me is that you realize that we do a bunch of Rossini, you know, what stands out is that you, so like if you had an audition and I, and I know people like are up at late at night and they see, okay, it, it, the thing came on the app tracker, boom, I'm just, here are my clips. I'm going to just, I'm going to fill it out and I'm going to get it over with. You know, I'm going to at least just get it in. And it's, and for a lot of people, it's a numbers game. But, and, and, I, and I get that, but it's a numbers game that you have to play smartly. You, if you have a Wagnerian voice, you don't want to like apply this to your, you know, because you, it doesn't make any sense. If, if you've heard me go on and on about how I really can't stand a lot of uh, opera in English, then you probably shouldn't send me your Britain aria. Like I don't, like a lot of artistic directors are pretty clear about what they like and what they don't like. Yeah. And so, like, look, if someone sends me a Britain aria, I'm still going to listen to it, but I'm not going to be as excited about it as if somebody sends me an aria from Lingano Felice. I'll be like, wow, this person knows a lot. I mean, but, and I have a bunch of audition tapes that I had to listen to where someone applied with no Italian aria. None. It, mm -hmm. And it's not like, Italian's not like Czech. You know, it's yeah. not like, yeah, there's a couple operas written in Italian. Like, you can, and, and, and we do almost exclusively Italian opera. Yeah. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be listening to your Italian, you know? So, like, I, I just think that people can curate, they can take a minute, they can look at what's going on in the audition tape, or, or in the audition uh, requirements, and they can be a little smarter about how they audition. Yeah, definitely. For things. What is the gig? Like, what is, what is the gig, you know? Yeah. And, and how can I tailor myself to, especially as a soprano, how can I tailor myself to stand out 
not just vocally, because I'm going to assume everybody's going to be good, you know, and they really pretty much are. This so, I, Choosing the soprano of this is, I mean, Marcel knows, like, I like, I, I like Marcel, like, I, she sounds better every year. She's also one of, like, 80 people, like, you know, like, it's just, right. it's really, oh, yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the least, it's the least fun part of my job is hearing sopranos, right. simply because almost everybody is qualified, and it's, it is, like, bone level depressing, like, how many, how little work we have. I feel like you would be surprised about, because I feel that way very strongly, like more and more that sure. there are just so many good singers. And yeah. I've taken on the perspective over time that it's not me, it's, it's you. <laughs> and like, it's, it's, not, not, it's not me and it's not you, it's, it's, it's the nature of the beat. No, right, exactly. Right, right. Like, that's what I mean. Like, right. it's not, you, it's not me. It's, it's the fact of what, what the situation is. It doesn't mean that I'm bad, but when, even when I talk to coaches and stuff, they don't always say, they, I've never, I don't think in fact heard and heard them say like, well, they're, I could, I could pick five Sopranos and they would all be, they would all do the job. Like, I don't know why that's of course hard they to would. say, but I, I completely agree. But, but it's not said that much. I don't think, what do you think Marcel? What do you mean that it's not said? What do you mean? It, it is a little bit of assumption. Like you do get a little bit of like, Oh, you weren't good enough. Good. I mean, look, it's, it's, not, it's not a good enough. It's just you. I would say it's not a matter of like someone wasn't good enough. It's yes, sure. Some, some, sometimes people come in, they can't phone it or whatever. But when someone doesn't get a job in, in this, most of the time, because if you get a, the audition, then I'm at least interested. If you didn't get the job, it's because it was like this infinitesimal difference that in my ear and in my perception of Rossini in the way that I envision it you it was you were just not as right as somebody else or you know a huge part of it is like you know i, I can't tell you the number of times i, I i've like heard a singer i'm like i love this guy he sounds great and then someone will be like do not hire that guy he is a complete asshole like he just he mm -hmm. all he does is complain blah 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 like and so i always say if there's like a singer that, that is like at this level and, and and then there's a singer that's slightly below that level if the person that's at the, that's maybe a little bit better is a pain in the ass, I will hire the, the other person every single time, mm -hmm. every single right. time. Right, right. And do you right. look at the applications in terms of the where they've been singing and where they've? I don't care. I, I, the two things I do not care. Well, there's a number of things I don't care about in auditions, but I, I do not care where you went to school. I don't care if you went to Juilliard. I don't care if you went to Cape Cod Community College. I do. It it, it does not. I am not impressed that you yeah. went to a, a fancy school. I because I've heard terrible singers from very fancy schools. You know, it, it's just generically boring singers. And I've heard amazing singers that have gone to like Kansas State University. You know, like it's mm -hmm. like schools that you don't. You know, I don't. I'm not in the know of like what's a great school all i know is that if i see nec like i can smile because that's where i went i remember nec it doesn't mean i think they're a great singer but it just remember makes me think of like this pizza place i used to go to or you know or whatever like it's, not like a, <laughs> it's, it's just it's just a simple like a, a nostalgic trick that my yes. brain plays but i i do not care where you went to school i intensely do not care who your teacher is in fact, it, 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 it could work negatively, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like it, some of these big guru teachers, it's like, yeah. you know, right. these, I mean, you talk about opera companies that charge fees. The, oh, the fees yeah. of some of these singing teachers are, should be prosecuted. Like they, there should be a class action lawsuit against some of these people and they should be, you know, put in jail for, for like the, the horrible predatory, you know, practices. But don't get me started on that. So, um, <laughs> and I also don't care where you've sung because, you know, I... I so, so I'll tell you something. I, I did my first production in Sarasota that I conducted was Lockmay in 2005. 
and I had, and it was great and a great experience for me. And, you know, the locker was fantastic and the whole cast was great. And the cover cast is really good. We had this really, this young girl who had gone to Manhattan School of Music for five years and never got a, never got any time on stage, never sang any roles on stage. And she was the cover. And do you know who that soprano was? That was Kathleen Kim. Wow. Oh. Who went on, she sang at the Met many times. She said she sang at Berlin. She she has sang at every major opera house in the world. And she was my cover for this thing. And she went to Manhattan School for five years, never sang a role. So I don't care what you've sung. I, I, I assume that if you're a soprano, you probably had very few chances to sing anything. Mm -hmm. um, so I just don't care about those kinds of things. I, I will look at like what companies have you done maybe an apprentice program at that I know somebody at. Like so if, if you have sung at Sarasota, if you've sung at um, at Saratoga, where I know where the people who run the companies, and I can just make a call and say, "Hey, what do you think of this person?" Because that is, that is a big part of it for me. A yeah. big part of it is personality. Like I just I want people who want to be there. Nothing makes me hate you more than acting like and it, it, apprentices don't do this, but uh, but main stage actors. Um, and nothing makes me hate you more than than if you give me the attitude that you feel like you you should be doing something better. Because yeah. if you like, feel like you should be doing something better, then, go, then by all means. Do something better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Go ahead. Right. I mean, that, that, that makes me crazy. That makes yeah. me insane. Behind the Curtain with the Opera Dolls. I'm Jenny. I'm Anna. And I'm Christina. And we're three New York City opera singers that created plush opera singing dolls in order to make opera tangible, relevant, and accessible to all, especially kids. We love opera, you love opera, but why don't our kids? Play some for them, people! We know these plots aren't always kid-friendly, our little mezzo Carmen, quote-unquote the traveler, and all the sopranos that die in the end. Whoops! But. Let's be real, this art form is super important and has inspired music and society throughout history. Check us out on theoperadolls.com or follow us at The Opera Dolls on Instagram. Hey everyone, it's Anna from The Opera Dolls and I'm here with five helpful tips to get your kids or students into classical music. My first tip is related to something they already know. When I teach my students about opera, I try to relate it to musicals or film. My second tip is have them study music. Take piano lessons, join the community chorus, play in the school band. It's much easier to appreciate music when you are actively participating. My third tip is pick iconic music. Carnival of the Animals, The Flower Duet, Ride of the Valkyrie, The Nutcracker. Perhaps they've even heard these songs before. Shout out to all my music teachers out there. Number four is for you. This tip is to give them a piece of information before listening to it. Just one little nugget of knowledge. Tell them what a recitative and an aria are before listening to opera. Tell them what polyphony is before hearing a motet. This will really help with their critical listening skills. And our final tip of the day is make sure that you play music from all genres, time periods, and cultures. Music has an amazing way of connecting us to the world around us. Let's make our students well-rounded people and musicians. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed these tips. Let us know if you used any of these with your kids and students on our social media. And now on to the next act. Catch you later, opera fans. When we talked preliminarily, um, you had mentioned that you had some ideas about, since we're talking about auditions and this kind of stuff, um, mm -hmm. about ideas how you think singers could get a better foot in the door is in yes. terms of the audition rep that they select to themselves and also like things that maybe we do unknowingly in auditions that like maybe sabotage our chances. Let me get my um, pen and pencil. <laughs> drive, drive, <laughs> I mean, drive I, you I, crazy. I've already, 
I've already, I've already said some uh, of that, yeah. elaborated on that. Yeah. And, and I just want to elaborate further that, it, you know, you can look at opera companies and see what kind of rep they do. You know, you can look at Sarasota Opera and see, look, they have never done a handle opera in their entire history. They probably aren't going to do a handle opera right. ever. So don't, whatever you do, do not offer your, I mean, but they, but they you know, they've even gone a step further. Yeah, they've said like in their audition, you know, materials, do not sing handle, don't sing anything after, before Mozart and don't sing anything after Puccini, you know? So like right. they're, they're pretty clear about what they want, but even companies that aren't that clear, most companies have some guidelines some mission, yeah. or just to some, some history, like some, at least some recent history. Unfortunately, a lot of companies' recent history is like, let's just survive, you know. But companies that are looking beyond that and, and to have some kind, like, I, I talk a lot about our mission and a lot about the risk. Like, for, I would say our mission is, is threefold. One, to, to, provide like a, to provide an actual not bullshit apprentice opera experience, you know, like to, to, to give uh, young singers a chance to really do something. So to me, that's the most important part of the company. Very close second is ex exploration of the works of Rossini in, in some kind of systematic um, fashion. And the third would be the exploration of very, very little known works. And, and, then, and then in addition to that, we, what, the way we pay for all that is we do Bohem and we do Carmen. And we do, you know, so like, you know, we have to kind of uh, balance it out. But like, you know, I, to say that doing Carmen and, and Butterfly is part of our mission, that's insane. Because like, you know, of course it's part of your mission. Like you have to sell tickets. But that's, but if you're only doing Barber and, and Bohem every season, I just, I always say, if that's your season, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe a number of companies will have to do that next year just to kind of, to get some money back. But if that's your season, every season in and out, you just, you, what, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, so, so yeah. So, so companies have some recorded record online of what they have been yeah, doing. Look, it up. look yeah. at the kinds of rep. Do they do a lot of French rep? Oh, they do a lot of French rep. So maybe I should offer my French you know, aria. So like figure out what the, the culture of the opera company is and tailor it a little bit more specifically to that. And don't just apply to it because it came on the app trucker. It was late at night. You had your YouTube videos ready to clip and paste on the thing. Because I, I can tell you, like as soon as we put the thing on the app tracker, we get uh, a number of audition applications that there, there just wasn't even physical time for someone to actually look through it and read through it and figure out what it is. Like it's just... So stop playing it like a numbers game. Yeah, right. Or at least, like I said, play it like a smarter numbers game. Right. Um, look at the, and, and I mean, it doesn't mean like, I know it costs money to go out and like get new audition tapes and stuff like that, but you have, you know, you're, it's beating in your head that you need like five or 10 arias, whatever, to go at any moment. You should be a little, you, you just be more selective about the kinds of repertoire yeah. that you put in. And then it's kind of easy to figure out who is calling the shots. Right. So who, who is making the ultimate decision in Sarasota? It's Victor Renzi and in, in, um, uh, at Upper Southwest. It's, it's me and Upper Delaware. It's Brendan. And try and find out what you can find out about these people. Where do they work? Who, what kind of singers do they like? Who keeps coming back to the company over and over? Oh, Lindsay Osi keeps coming back to Upper Southwest. OK, what does she sing like? Oh, OK, maybe I do it. You know, oh, she's at this gig that I'm going to be at. Maybe I can talk to her about it. You know, like just figure out the kinds of people because opera companies like to keep hiring the same people because you, you, you find the people that you like working with and then you like, you know, you, you want to keep working with them. Most of these people you can email and just say like, hey, I'd like to know a little bit about this company. Find other people who have sung at these opera, uh, at, in the apprentice programs and talk to them about it. I mean, that's such a great way to figure yeah. out like what an apprentice program is like. Yeah. So, so, so number one, figure out what you want to get out of it. Just, just from yourself. 
what do I want to get in any apprentice program? And you might want to get different things out of different apprentice programs, but at least know what that is. Yeah. Don't go into Santa Fe thinking that you're going to get a shot to sing a main stage role. I mean, you might. You might be the cover and something might happen and it happens. It does happen. But figure out what, what it is you want to get out of each of these roles. Tailor it more specifically to the, to the culture of the company. Yeah. And then talk to people who know, who have done it. And also figure out who calls the final shots and what is their aesthetic like. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's great. School, that's really does, I, I just don't care. I, I, maybe yeah. I'm in the minority here, but I just, I, I who think it cares? Depends. I think it depends on Maybe. There's certain... It might get your foot in the door if you went to the same school that the person who's calling the shots. It doesn't there's get your foot in the door. There's a certain tier of, of young artist programs and a certain group of them that it's like, well, if you did this and then you do that and then you do that and then you did that and you do that a couple more times, and then it may not get you anywhere, but you did all those things for a few years as a young, you did the, you know, young artist thing. And there are, there yeah. are, is a little bit of that, but I mean, in the end, what can you do about that? Try to get into a good school. And if you, you know, just work hard and work smarter. Yeah. basically. Yeah. I mean, sure. and I don't even have a music degree and I've, I, I really don't feel like that's hurt my shots at getting auditions at this point. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, yeah, I think it's just, this as a school, I don't even like, look at what kind of degree, like if, you know, if you got, if you're a plumber from, you know, uh, I mean, really, I don't, I don't care yeah, what you yeah, do. Yeah. Like, I just care how right. you sound. It's how you sing. Yeah. And also I would yes. say this, I know that I'm in the minority with this, but I do not, I try not to look at singers uh, in auditions because it can be so distracting. It can really make me, it makes me start thinking of like really stupid things like, oh, who choreographed this? Or like, you know, what, like, I, it's just distracting. All I care about in <laughs> for the most part is how you sound. Yep. I really wish you okay, could. Okay, so like it's lines. not a bad sign when you keep your head down the whole time. Good to no, know. I'm, I'm, intentionally, <laughs> I'm intentionally not looking at you because I don't want to be distracted by something else. I don't want to be distracted by like something like really superficial, like oh, that you know, the color of that of that suit, or you know, or or this guy's shoe is untied, or you know, whatever. Like I don't want to yeah, be distracted, yeah. or, or but I specifically don't want to be distracted about the physicality of your aria because. Most of the time, I, I find it intensely annoying. <laughs> you know, like I, and, and, I, and I think that's unfair to judge someone's voice on that. Yeah. You know, like, I know, I know opera is a visual art and stuff, but at the end of the day, I'm, as a musician, uh, interested in how you, in how you yeah. sound. You know, people, right. you know, Jane Eaglin had a fantastic career, you know, and she, and she you know, was enormous. Like, so it's, it's not like, you know, there, there, are, there are definitely physical limitations to, to doing this but i try to to really listen more than anything and, and if i look at you i'm just i'm just going to judge things that have nothing to do with the voice yeah hmm. so what about rep Ooh, rep yeah I, I i do not think that you need to come to an you do not need to come to my auditions with five different areas and five different languages and you know five different moods you need to come to my audition with uh you know depending on what it is with an aria in italian that's somewhat in the least same century or style of the piece that we're going to be doing. You know, that's what you need. Right. And and you come with if you come with three of those arias, that's better. You know, I mean, like, I don't right. need like your slow Russian aria and your fast Czech aria. And like like it's if you're if you're, if you're auditioning right. for Lingano Felicia, I just need you basically to come with three bel canto arias. Mm -hmm. right. You know, and you can do slow, fast, whatever. Like, but but if you come with three arias in Italian, I'm going to love it. And we said, like, we're, back when we were going to do it, we were doing Magic Salute in English. Like, that's the other thing. Like, we said, like, we're going to be doing Magic Salute in English. If, if someone came to me, nobody, not one person yet, has applied with uh, uh, a, people have done, like, Akisfios. Not one person has, has submitted Akisfios in English. That, that would immediately make me pay attention. That would immediately make me pay attention. Yeah. 
Interesting. Um, so Marcel also said that you um, don't take payment for coachings, and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I mean, now, now I'm not. Now I'm not because because you know it's it's so funny when this hit and everyone's locked down. Every coach I know is just like. I'm taking coachings over Zoom, you know, but but just they just wanted money, you know, like because no one had any jobs anymore. But I, I'm fortunate right. enough, you know, knock on wood, right now that I, I'm I'm comfortable enough for for a little while that I can ride this out and I don't need to, you know, bilk singers for this. I, first of all, I don't believe in charging a lot of money for coachings. Sometimes I will accept money if, if a little bit, but I know singers do not have money. I mean, my wife is a singer. I know that singers do not have any money. They don't have a lot of money. I know amazing sopranos who have, you know, jobs at Starbucks. So like, I know that it's not like, you just don't, y'all don't have a lot of money. So that's number one. Number two, like the idea of charging you like lawyerly fees for like, for at least in my case, barely competently playing the piano and giving you my ideas on our opera is just ridiculous. And third of all, it's just like, you know, it's, it's, I mean, yes, this is the way I make my living, but it is, I think for me, it's more important to be able to like, do I want to make a living or do I want to help produce good singing and like smart singing? Like, I don't want to say good singing because I don't really know anything about singing, but smart. I do think I know a lot about like the Italian language. And I know a lot about how these pieces were put together. And I know a lot about what audiences at the time would have expected and performance practice and things like that. Like the technique of, of, of voice, I don't really know a lot about. So I know a lot of things about a lot about a lot of subjects that are sort of boring and kind of you know you don't re you're not really encouraged encouraged to study in in school. You know, like you don't you, you learn performance practice to some extent, but you don't really learn the way poetry is put together in in Italian opera librettos, and you don't really learn a lot about oh what's what was the Teatro San Moise in Venice and like what was their mission in eighteen twelve. You know, like you know you have no idea about any of these things, but I know a lot about. Them. So, so I think that, you know, I, I was so fortunate early in my career to have a lot of mentors who really helped me discover a lot of these things that I want to like spread this, this knowledge. I want people to know this because I think it would make opera more exciting and more interesting. It would make my job a lot easier if a singer knew that this was an endecasyllable. You know, it would just make my job more interesting if someone knew the basic rules of Italian poetry. So charging someone for, for a coaching, it's like I, I want more people to know this stuff. You know, I really do. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. And what's the point of like jealously guarding this information, which is really out there? And I've just had the the, the good fortune of being able to gather it. I mean, uh, many times I will I will do a coaching in exchange for baked goods. <laughs> that is the long the short of it. Yes. <laughs> so tell us about conductors and go karts eating cookies. Oh, conductors and carts eating cookies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's clearly an obvious parody on the, the Seinfeld. I love um, that show. The, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do, I do. So go-karting is, is if, if, if when I was a kid, if my dad had um, encouraged me to, to do go-karting instead of uh, play baseball, I would, I would either be dead or I would be in Formula One racing. Like, I would just, like, yeah. I love racing so much, the, the act of it. And all the, the Formula One drivers all started in karting. And this is, it's turned from like a, a fun hobby to something that I look forward to every summer and going to various different um, karting tracks around the Midwest and competing in, in, in like little tournaments and stuff. And I, ju I just love it so much. And I find there are so many parallels between karting and conducting. And, um, and I love cookies. So <laughs> and it's, just a, it's just a fun way for me to kind of get to know other conductors better and and to talk about, um, and just talk about the business and to talk about the parallels of, of like 
control between like a, a, a go-kart and an orchestra or, you know, I know it seems very crude, but, but there is a lot, there's a lot to say about, it's very easy for a conductor to blame the orchestra, you know, and, uh, but a good conductor will make any orchestra sound better. Right. And, yeah. and it's e very easy as a, as a driver, whether you're in a cart or you're in a Ferrari Formula One car, it's very easy to blame the, the car. You know, yeah. but Lewis Hamilton makes his car work whether he is in, you know, McLaren or whether he's in 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 Mercedes. It just, it's so like yes, sometimes it is the car and sometimes it is the orchestra, but a lot of times it's you. Yeah. You know. Right. Right. So a lot of times you, it's you. How do you film that? I'm just curious. Oh, I I mean I film some of it on my phone. I have a GoPro. So like we, GoPro, I do yeah. the interview part on my iPad. I do like sort of like little shots on my phone, and I have a GoPro that I can attach to my helmet or I can attach to the cart depending on the thing. And I just try and make it fun and silly yeah. and just And it's just on, really... you put it on YouTube? Yeah, it's all on my, yeah. my silly YouTube channel. I love it. It's hard to I'm editing videos. one now for the, the guy, um, a friend of mine, David Steck, who's actually one of the finest conductors I know. He was my assistant in, in Albuquerque and he's um, he was at Sarasota and, and we had a great time in Sarasota and, we, and so I'm editing a little episode with him now. Cool. Well, it was yeah. really great to talk to you. Yeah, it's great talking to you guys, too. This has yeah. been fun. I, I'm yeah, going to get some breakfast. <laughs> That's it for this week's episode. A huge thank you to Anthony for coming on the podcast to talk with us. Go subscribe to his YouTube channel to watch some conductors in carts eating cookies. You can also check out his website at www.anthonybereze.com. Our next episode will be out on May 8th. We'll see you then. But in the meantime, there are some ways you can show us some love and help us keep this podcast going. You can join our community on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash life. You can rate and review this podcast to help us get the word out, or you can order a singing straw at www.singingstraw.com and use the code MySoCalledOperLife10. You get 10% off of your purchase, and we get some support to help keep this going. I'm going to go practice now. Bye. <laughs>